Welcome back. We are starting the second chapter of Ilchot Ishut, the first uh, set of halachot in the book of Nashim, dealing with all things having to do with the relations between men and women with respect to society. And this chapter, Perekshani, is going to be mostly a definitional chapter with definitions that we are going to use throughout this fairly long treatise of Ishut. This chapter itself is long as well, and it has lots of technical terms having to do with anatomical processes and features, so I'll do my best to translate them and explain them as best as possible. Um, and uh, it, it basically, that what we should get from this chapter is understanding when, by when, or through what signs, a woman and a man, respectively, become adults for certain decisions. It's not, we, we are not concerned as in, as under other legal systems like the American law with a number of years from birth, although that's also relevant, but it's mostly for some other specific reasons, it's biological milestones that are reached, uh, specifically puberty, as we're going to see. And these things have signs that we can look for and should look for. So Halakha Aleph, and we start, I, I guess, given that this is the book of Nashim, and given that uh, it's more relevant that than, than for than for men in many instances because men normally engage in all of these processes of kiddushin when they are older than women at least that that's what the case used to be so habat the female from the moment she is born until she is 12 years 12 entire years and her mom is going to explain later what we mean by years she is called a minor She's also called a child, a child female. And regardless of any puberty signs, like several um, puberty, like the word in English implies, has to do with uh, pubic hair, that, that's the most uh, direct siman of puberty. So even if there has been uh, hair growth in many places of the body up to that age, th- those hairs are totally irrelevant for the simanim of, um, of, of uh, puberty and of adulthood, and are regarded as shuma. Shuma is a birthmark, and it means that they are disregarded. However, if she has had hair growth in, in the places of the body, which are known to be the places where there is hair growth, those are is the pubic area and the armpits, mostly the pubic area. And the reason why there is hair growth in that area is because of testosterone levels, both in men and women. This is a very similar process in both genders. And the testosterone, which is part and parcel of the uh, puberty, of the, of the puberty process, is expressed, is seen, is evidenced by the growth of those hairs. Uh, Just to make a point, Although these changes have to do mostly with becoming ready for reproduction, we know today that all of these changes accompany also um, neurological changes and the prefrontal cortex gets developed at the same time and the ability to make decisions accompanies the ability to become pregnant or to make somebody else pregnant. So, so long as these signs appear, if there is multiple hairs, in other words, more than one, um, 
down there in places that are known to, to be for the growth of hair, the pubic area, and the girl is older than 12 years and one day, then the term, halachic term, first definition that we are going, sorry, second definition, first definition was ketana slash tinoket, second definition is na'ara. Na'ara, whenever you've seen the Torah, na'ara, vila na'ara lutaasedavad, and so on and so forth, it means a girl that's 12 years of age, plus has had the signs of puberty already. And if these two hairs are found during this time, in other words, after the age of 12, this is called simana tahton, the lower siman. And once she has this sign, simana tahton, she's called na'ara. What causes entering the definition of na'ara is simana tahton. Until when? Until six months. And this process, the puberty process, halachically speaking, the legal definition of the puberty process, which has some consequences that we're going to see, is six months. So six months from the moment it starts, we start counting for this process. It's called na'arut, the process of, uh, of reaching adulthood. And after this process, after these six months, and this could be at 12 and a half, it will be at 13 and a half, it will be at 14 and a half. It's six months from the beginning of the process. Uh, at that moment, the girl is called Bogeret, she's called an adult for all purposes. And the only difference between Bogeret and Neara is six months. What if the girl reached 12 years and one day? And she hasn't had any signs of puberty. So there is two alternatives here. Either puberty is delayed a little bit, because for most girls this happens around this time, or the girl might be suffering for, from some condition, and there is a few potential candidates for what this condition could be, whereby this particular girl will not develop, will not mature in a female way for reproduction. The legal definition for that Condition is called ailonit. Ailonit comes from the word ail, which is the male ram, is a ram. In other words, she is a, uh, a masculine, a masculine woman. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean any detriment. In fact, hachamim, perhaps to say that there is nothing wrong with being ailonit, said that Sarah Imenu was ailonit. Uh, I believe the daughter of Rabban Gabriel was ailonit as well. Uh, there is not it's it's just a legal definition and it means that this girl is not that she's going through a process after which she's going to be fertile and she's going to become a woman that's ready to have children an adult woman but rather she's never going to go through this process so we we wait for this girl after the 12 after reaching 12 years but we don't wait indefinitely and that's what this halakha is dealing with so although we have some evidence that this girl might be ailonit actually by the way, one of the syndromes that uh, under modern medicine we know that uh, would be classified as ailonit halachically. I'm not saying it's the only one, but the Turner syndrome, the Turner syndrome, T-U-R-N-E-R, -E is one under which uh, the girl is born with only one, with only an X in the in the chromosome. There is no uh, second X 
as uh, as a normal woman has and this causes several things which uh, are very consistent with with what Hanabam is going to describe but most importantly such a woman without any fertility treatments cannot naturally have children so if this woman has some signs of ilonide we still wait between 12 and 20 we still wait and give this girl time to start the puberty process in other words if it, if the puberty process begins anytime between 12 and 20 this is still called normal within halachic within uh, within jewish law and the woman would the girl would not become an adult until passing this stage of puberty even if she's 19 and then once she has this simantahton of multiple hairs even if she's in her in her 20th year in other words she's 19 she starts that process of na'arut for six full months and only after that she's going to be called she's going to be considered an adult a bogeret However, come the end of the 19th year, she's 20 years minus 30 days, and she hasn't had these uh, pubescent signs, and she has some simanim of ailonit, then legally we term her and we deem her to be ailonit. However, if she only has not experienced puberty, but she also doesn't show any of the signs of Ilonit, then she's going to be Ketanna even past the age of 20 until one of two things happen, until either she shows one of three things, rather. One, she shows signs of Ilonit, in, in which case she's Ilonit. Two, she shows signs of puberty, in which case it becomes Nara and subsequently Bogeret after six months. Or three, she reaches the age of 35 years, and then at 35 years in one day, she is automatically called Ilonit, even though she doesn't have any of the signs of that we would identify today as, as Turner syndrome or some other um, categorization. Harachahe. What if the girl reached this time, 35 years, and she still has not shown any signs of puberty? She's then called Ailonit. Even though she's not representing any of the features that Ailonit would normally have. So one thing you learn from all of this, you can conclude that Ailonit never goes through that process of six months of Na'arut. It's more binary. She goes from being Ketanna to becoming Ailonit. From a minor, she goes to becoming Ailonit, which, by the way, is also um, adulthood. So Ailonit just means for legal terms that we are going to deem this girl, we're going to consider this woman to be an adult, even though she hasn't had any of the puberty signs. Ah, we need the puberty signs? Yes, but we are carving out, we are accepting a new category called Ilonid, which means an adult woman that has not had a puberty sign, but has had other conditions, uh, including having reached the age of 20 with some Simane Ilonid, or reaching the age of 35, regardless of Simane Ilonid. <laughs> <laughs> 
הלכה ו' ואלו הם סימני העילונית, these are the signs that make a girl be deemed העילונית. כל שאין לה דדים, so number one, there is going to, Arabam is going to, to, to number this, to enumerate these סימנים, so let's count them as well. Number one, a, a girl that doesn't have any protruding nipples, ומתקשה בשעת התשמיש, the, the, the experience of intercourse is very difficult. Three, three, the ratio, and this is true, by the way, with Turner syndrome, the ratio between the hips and the, and the waistline is, uh, is very, very low, is close to one to one. In other words, for most women, the hips, and this is a, a physiological characteristic that permits for the, the, the embryo to grow inside and for the woman to become pregnant, but the hips are much wider than the waistline. So for Ailonit, it's not. Shipule me'aim is, is the hips, is the fat around the hips that makes uh, the me'aim. sorry, is another sign, having a deeper voice than average. And also, she has, uh, it's difficult to discern her gender, whether she is female or not. However, Nara, Nara is a, a girl that is going through puberty, in other words, more than 12 years plus the signs of Siman Tahton. Bogeret is an actual adult, and Nara plus six months, and Ailonit. Each of these three is considered an adult. She's a Gedola for many consequences in Halakha. Halakha Zain. Not only do females have uh, pubescent signs in the pubic area, but also uh, there is some signs in the upper part of the body. They are called simana alion, the upper signs. When the woman puts her arms back, and the nipple folds, in other words, the nipple is more or less ready to, to have uh, milk, uh, the, 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 the orifice in the nipple is forming. The darkening of the nipple. The, the kind of uh, flexibility that the nipple has, all of these things have to do with uh, being ready for nursing. Likewise, the nipple becoming more uh, pointier. This is the same uh, uh, concept of becoming ready for nursing. And Arambam says, and my own rabbis have explained that Rosh Hotem Haddad, that um, we actually need to see that there is uh, an actual hole starting to form, starting to form in the nipple. That is one of the signs of Siman uh, HaAlion. Uh, likewise, there is other signs. Mishayituhadadin means when the angle of the breasts changes. Uh, they are growing for purposes of, uh, of milk production. That's also a sign of uh, puberty. By the way, all of these signs are very, very consistent with modern uh, biology and the study of uh, puberty. 
and there is actual scales that doctors nowadays use to see if uh, a young girl or a young boy have reached puberty respectively and they they have milestones that they reach and these all of these are are milestones that are very consistent with what's uh, known in medicine today also when uh, around the nipples there is uh, some sort of a pattern it's called the aureola in english uh, also when the the pubic area uh, starts protruding there is fat on top of the pubic bone that grows during puberty and then afterwards as a separate stage that uh, area also the pubic area becomes uh, again because of this fat growth becomes uh, um, it's not as hard as the bone and uh, and uh, and this is all part of the of the effects of in the girl of estrogen um this is in parallel to the effects of testosterone which are the hair growth all of these signs which we just mentioned are eight if in a girl any of these signs appear or all of them and she is 12, exactly 12 or less, in other words, not 12 and one day or more. We ignore this sign. We don't care about what happened. And she remains a minor. Now, if she is 12 and one day and she has one of, she has a simana tahton, she has the effects of testosterone, namely pubic hair. Then we no longer care about whether the other processes of estrogen are happening. However, if the pubic hair has not appeared, but the other have happened, then she's safek. She's not, she's neither ketana, she's neither a minor nor an adult. And we actually treat her as both whenever the, the situation permits to treat her as either to be more stringent in each case. And if all the simanim ha'elyonim happen, if all the estrogen effects have been seen, then even if there is no seemingly siman tahton, we assume that there is siman tahton, and it must be that there was siman tahton, and venashar, uh, and then the effects are no longer visible, but there was at some point. Halachatet. Habatche yaleda hashetem aisre shana. Afal pishelo yevi asiman lo eliyom lo tahton. Harazog gedola banim alehem kasimanim. One more exception to having to look for the signs. Uh, birth. If a woman gives birth, whenever, then that is. A very, very strong dispositive evidence is the sign of adulthood, regardless of any of the other puberty signs. The ability to have children, which is evidenced by actually having children, is all that you need for a siman of Gedola. Now we switch to the other gender, males, and what are the signs that make a boy into an adult? Yod, 
a boy from the moment he's born until he reaches 13 years. Niklakatan, Veniklatinok, is called a minor and a child. Even if there is testosterone during this time, and therefore there are, there is pubic hair during this time, these are not a sign of puberty, halachically speaking, but rather we consider them just like any other uh, uh, mark in the body that we disregard it. However, if multiple hairs, more than one hair, has grown in the pubic area after the boy has passed 13 years, then he's an adult, then he's a man. Gadol and Ish. I just want to point out a couple of things. Number one, the celebration of Bar Mitzvah upon reaching the age of 13 is something that we have to know is very modern. I'm not sure when it started, but it definitely was not the case in the time of the Gemara. I doubt Rambam had a bar mitzvah celebration. And more importantly, just becoming 13 doesn't really change things in terms of reaching adulthood. To be precise, it, the boy has to become 13 and have exhibited some of the signs of puberty, as we have just described. Only then does the boy become a man, does the boy become an adult, not upon reaching 13 automatically. So just like we have Ailonit for the woman, which is a subcategory which permits the girl to become and to be considered an adult despite not having signs of puberty, for a boy also, a boy can become an adult despite not having any signs of puberty. And the category for this will be Saris, which means an infertile boy, a boy that cannot have children, maybe for a deficiency in testosterone or some other reason. That's called saris. And we are going to see how a boy can qualify for being a saris. So if a boy reached this time and did not reach, did not have uh, pubic hair, even if he has some of the signs of sarisut, which we are going to talk about later, we still give him some time to reach puberty and he's still a minor. And just like the girl, although here with the boy it was 13 years and the girl was 12 years, we have the time period during which puberty can appear and we can consider it a normal process is until 20 years for both, 20 minus 30 days. If you reach this time and still there is no pubic hair, and there is also no facial hair, Facial hair is uh, is also, in this sense, a, a, a sign of, of puberty. So if we have any of the signs of saris, then this boy, having reached the age of 20 minus 30 days, is considered an adult and an adult saris. And we say that the fact that he didn't reach puberty doesn't have to do with how he hasn't matured yet, but he's never going to mature. He's Saris, and therefore he's legally speaking an adult from this moment on. However, if he doesn't exhibit any of the signs of Saris, which we are still going to describe, he's still considered a minor. Until he either reaches some of the signs of puberty, namely the multiple hairs in the pubic area, 
or until he becomes 35 years of age. If he reaches 35 years of age and he has neither simanim of saris nor simanim of puberty, he's saris. Even if he doesn't exhibit any of the signs of saris. If he reaches the age of 20 minus 30 days and he doesn't have pubic hair, however, he has facial hair, multiple facial hairs. So, what facial hair does is it removes the presumption of saris, which is a male equivalent to ailonit, between the ages of 20 and 35. So even if there is signs of saris between the ages of 20 to 35, the fact that there is facial hair removes the category of saris, and that boy will remain a minor until the age of 35 or until actually reaching puberty. <coughs> These are the signs of being saris. Kosha in Luzakan, not having uh, a beard, facial hair, usarola kui, having uh, having hair that is very very thin and uh, and fragile, upsaroma halik, uh, having very very clean skin without any hairs, ve'en memeraglav ma'alim l'tihah not uh, having warm urine, the urine is cold. Uchshematil, or sorry, it's not, it's not that it's cold, it's that it doesn't, it doesn't, have, it doesn't have any, any bubbles. Also, the curvature of the urine is not there. The urine uh, that does, doesn't flow in a curved way like it, like it does for most normal men. And the semen of this person is dark. It's uh, the, the the urine itself is not acidic. Also, if he were to 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 um to take a shower in the winter, he comes out of that shower and he's not and he's uh, he 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 doesn't he doesn't have any any vapors coming, which is normal for most people. In other words, his body temperature is different. It seems to be. The kolola kui, his voice is different. It's uh, it, it, his voice fails, falters. And so too, and it doesn't or or sorry, all of these are or. He doesn't have any distinguishing features to let us make up very easily whether it's a boy or a girl, whether it's a man or a woman. And a person like this, that has this kind of uh, simanim, is what's called seris hama. Seris hama means a, someone who became a seris the moment that he saw daylight for the first time. In other words, a seris from birth. That's seris hama. Bechol makom, any word that we say seris hama, it means a seris from birth. Aval, ben However, a, a boy that has been castrated, like it's done by the Goim, this was very common in antiquity, uh, not in Am Israel, but everywhere else. 
including what uh, Nebuchadnezzar did with, uh, it seems to be, with Daniel Hanayam Shalib Azariah, and by removing the male reproductive organs, uh, the, also the testosterone levels decrease markedly. Adam, this is called a, a man-made saris. And, uh, and when a person that is a saris of this kind becomes 13, day, 13 years and one day of age, he's an adult automatically because he's never going to have these signs of puberty. <coughs> A boy who is 13 years and one day of age that has not had pubic hair, but he has had all the other simanim, how does this affect? And simanim shlemala, in this case, for a boy, it means facial hair and or uh, hair under the armpit. And that he doesn't have, and that he doesn't have uh, problems on his hair. Uh, his hair is thick. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, uh, actual, uh, his actual hair on his head. So it's a fact whether he's a minor or, or an adult. And if he uh, if nobody knows what's going on down there, as it's the case with most kids that, uh, you know, nobody's uh, going around asking boys uh, 13 years or more of age to show proof that they have that they have uh, pubic hair. So rather we go by the presumption and we presume that if the simanim appear in the upper parts of the body, namely if the boy has a little bit of facial hair, that's when we assume that he has uh, pubic hair. Halakhat et zayin. Shete se'alot hamurot babenu babat b'chol makom now, these hairs, this hair uh, that we are talking about, the pubic hairs that we are talking, whether for boys or girls, these need to have a certain measure. They need to be long enough that, and strong enough that you can take them and bend them on themselves so that the, the, the tip of it touches the root. <clears throat> as soon as they are grown enough so much that they can be cut by scissors and uh, and then which shows that they can be folded on themselves then we consider them as hairs if that will let us be more stringent in other words if uh, if by labeling this boy or this girl as an adult renders the more stringent result Therefore, the boy and the girl, we consider them adults, given that the hairs are long enough to be cut with scissors. But on the other hand, we are also more stringent in this because the hairs are not long enough to be folded on themselves. So just to reveal this because I think I was a little confusing. We are talking about a situation in which the hairs are too short as to fold on themselves, but long enough to be cut by scissors. So that is lehumra to both sides. One more clarification on something I said earlier. Although the bar misfa that we do today has no relevance for uh, legal status as an adult, and this is mostly for 
court liability, for court-imposed liability, it does have relevance for some other things, simply the age of 13 or simply the age of 12 for girls, including once uh, starting to keep all the misvot. So that the, the starting of the misvot obviously has to do with the age and not with uh, the biological processes. Yudzain, these two uh, hairs that we are saying, I, I already gave this, uh, gave this up by saying pubic hair, but these hairs that we said down there in a euphemism that Arabama has been using need to be in the pubic hair area. And the entire pubic area is fine for these hairs. Whether above, under, or on the reproductive organs themselves and they have to be in the same area, and they have to come from follicles of, of hair, they cannot be uh, just like the vellum that babies have. And even if two hairs come from the same follicle, that is enough of a siman. If we find the hair follicles without the hair, they are a siman, because we assume that the follicle means that there was a hair there, but the hair fell and the follicle stayed. If this pubic hair grew uh, on the boy within the 13th year, namely before he turned 13, or for the girl within the 12th year before she turned 12, these are not a siman. Even if they stay after that, we have to disregard them and look for new hair growing after reaching that age threshold. However, this is all when we actually affirmatively checked, for example, the Bedin needed to know if, if this boy would be high up or something, and they checked if this boy has, has hair or not, and then they saw that he had had hair before the age of 13, so they affirmatively established that the hair had been grown, then if this same hair is after reaching 13, then that's considered shumah. However, if they only check after, affirmatively check after the, the boy has reached 13, and then they find two hairs, we don't concern ourselves with whether this hair was born, was grown before or after reaching the age of 13. We assume it grew after. We don't need to worry about whether this happened before. When the bed dean need for some reason to establish whether a girl reached or not adulthood, then to see if uh, the pubic hair siman has happened, obviously the bedding themselves are not going to be the ones looking into that, but a woman is going to do so. You don't even need more than one woman. One woman is enough, and whatever she says that is the case, is the case, and the bedding accepts that. 
הלכה כ"א, כל השנים האמורות בבינו בבת ובערכים ובכל מקום, whenever we talk about years, we talk about years uh, not with respect to חגים, but years with respect to durations, including here that we're saying 12 years or 13 years, then you could have asked, well, what years are we talking about? 365 days, 354 days, like the, moon, the, the lunar year, what kind of year are we talking about? We are not talking about solar years or lunar years. We are talking about following the years of the calendar. In other words, the years that we count from the birth of Adam Arishon, the count of the Yesira, what's called. And, uh, and this is called Shanim Shele Seder Ha'ibur. And some of them will be long, longer, some of them will be shorter, depending on what the Bedin decides, as was explained in Kiddush HaChodesh. And we follow those kinds of years for all things having to do with Jewish law. Now, in terms of how old a boy or a girl is, we said that we rely on a woman for whether a girl has had purity or not, but in terms of how old they are, we actually need an official, a formal testimony, which is only rendered by two fit witnesses, which under Jewish law are two adult males that are not related nor to the object of, of the testimony, nor to one another. האב שאמר בני זה בן תשע שנים ויום אחד, בתי זו בת שלוש שנים ויום אחד, נאמן לקורבן, אבל לא למכות ולא לעונשים. So if a father says about his son, or about his daughter, that that's what their age is, then that's a, that's a fine in terms of קורבן, we are going to see that the קורבן depends on age, that's enough for that, but it's not, a sufficient testimony for, for, um, uh, for liability. Likewise, if he says that they are of the age of 12 or of 13, which has consequences for many topics, then this will be sufficient for the topics of Nedarim, for uh, whether he can or he cannot annul their nedarim, arachin, haramin, ekdeshod, all of which things that we are going to discuss in the book of Afla'a and more. Aval lo lamakot velo laonashim, but again, not for liability. For liability, we actually require to establish all the circumstances that will make this boy or this girl liable by means of uh, two witnesses, two fit witnesses. It's not enough that the father says that they are of age. We need a witness we need a testimony to establish that as well. Now we are talking about some exceptions to the genders as we define them right now. A person that has female and male reproductive organs at the same time is called anderoginas. It's a genetic, it's a very rare genetic disorder that someone is born with both organs. There is no differentiation during the, the development of the fetus. Those effects in Zacharim Nekeva, and the, the, the consequence legally of this kind of phenomenon is that 
we treat this person as potentially uh, as neither as neither uh, male nor female, but maybe may, male and maybe female. And there is nothing that can happen through this person's life to establish legally whether it or he or she or Z should be treated as male or female. And there is another genetic disorder where the reproductive organ is, uh, is uh, covered by some sort of a membrane and you cannot know you cannot make up whether under that membrane there is a male or a female reproductive organ this is what's called a tom tom from uh, perhaps from the word in hebrew atum which means covered clogged and this person also is not definitively a male or female. However, the difference is that something can happen in this person's life, namely the, ex- the exposure of the of the actual sexual organ, if this membrane is open, is breached somehow, and then we'll know for a fact if it's a male or a female. In other words, male and female for halakha are a function of what a sexual organ was present at birth. That's what determines whether someone is a male or a female, nothing else. And also chromosomically, I, I should add, um, the ailonit, as I mentioned before, doesn't have the same chromosomes as a regular female. She may have only one X, and that's still sufficient to be a woman and even an adult woman after reaching the age of 35 or the age of 20 minus a month plus some simanim of ailonit. And the tomtom and the androginas, once they reach the age of 12 years and, and one day, then they also are deemed to be adults, regardless, without giving any effect to any puberty signs that they may have, they are a category of their own, and we deem them adults the moment they reach the age of 12 and one day. Further exceptions from adulthood. Uh, someone who is deaf, male and female, that is mentioned anywhere. We are talking about someone who not only cannot hear, but also cannot talk, they cannot talk nor hear. However, if the person has the ability to communicate either by hearing or by speaking, input or output, that person is considered an adult and is not taken from this uh, definition of adulthood into the definition of incapacity under Jewish law, which is heresh. Um, is like anyone else. And an adult that has no mental impairment nor has any physical impairment that impedes communication, namely deafness that has also to do with being mute, then such a person is called which means an adult that has capacity to make decisions. To conclude, this definitional chapter, 
you'll see that if you take the first and second chapters of Ilchotishut, we have defined the following terms. I see Shemot, there were 20 terms. Veluhen, Kiddushin, Arva, Shenia, Isure Lavin, Isure Ase. Those were all in the in the first chapter. Chapter two, and I'm not translating any of them because we, we've learned them. Ketana, Neara, Bogeret, Ailonit, Gedola, Simana Tahton, Simana Ailion, Katan, Seris Hamma, Seris Adam, Gadol, Anderoginas, Tom Tom, Hereshin, and Pikahim. That's 20. Now he directs us to, throughout this halachot, to always have these terms very readily available in our minds and the definitions. And don't forget what makes one fit into each of these terms. And that way, Alamam is saying, I'm not going to go and explain each of these definitions every time that I use them through these uh, chapters and through the rest of the Torah. So pay attention and remember these definitions. And if you ever forget any of these definitions, at least you know now where you should go back to to see what each of them means and how to qualify for each of them. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.